With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Kedushin Daf Lamed Zayin, page 37. We begin on the very bottom of 36b at the Mishnah. Kol mitzvah ba'aretz, any commandment that's dependent upon the land, ain't in the heges el ba'aretz, it only applies in Israel. V'she'enet tuliya ba'aretz, if it doesn't depend on the land, no heges be'em ba'aretz, be'em achutz la'aretz, so it applies whether in Israel or outside of Israel. We're going to see exactly what it means that it's dependent on the land soon in the Gemara. Chutz min ha'arla v'kala'ayin, the exception, or the exceptions to this rule is, or are, Arla, which is that for the first three years of a tree, of a fruit tree, you can't eat the fruits. And Kilayim is that you can't plant a fruit tree next to any kind of vegetables. Rebbe Lezer says, says that even it would be true in regards to Chodesh. Chodesh means that you can't eat new wheat until after the 16th, either during the times of the Beis Migdash, the Korban HaOmer, the special Korban HaOmer was brought on the second day of Pesach, or in our times, so you can't eat it until the evening of the 16th of Nisan. So we're going to see if that's included. If it's not included, the Gemara is going to explain exactly what Rebbe means. My Tluya Umaysha in So the Gemara asks, what does it mean that it's dependent upon the land of Israel? It's dependent upon the land. If you want to say that it means, what does it mean dependent? It means that the verses, when it's describing this law, so it says, when you shall come into the land of Israel. Bia means to come in. And when, what does it mean that it's not dependent on the land? It doesn't say, when you shall come in. Behold, we find in regards to Tefillin and the halacha of, of redeeming the firstborn mule, the there it says, when you shall come into the land of Israel, you, should, you shall do this mitzvah. But we know in regards to Tefillin and Petach Hamor, they both apply both in Israel and outside of Israel. This is what we mean in the Mishnah. Any commandment which is incumbent upon the individual, so that's something that's going to apply both in Israel and outside of Israel. However, something which is incumbent on a, upon a person because of the land, it's something that's really incumbent upon the land itself, in the Ba'aretz. So that's something that only applies in Israel. How do we know this? In Tanarabana, we have a Brisa. When the verse says, these are the statutes, this is reference to the commandments that are learned out from hermeneutical exegesis by the rabbis. Hamishpatim, when we say the laws, these are the laws that are expressly stated in the Torah. Asher Teshmerun, that you shall keep. Zumishna, this is reference to learning the laws as they apply to each individual. Lasois. Zu ma'aseh, when it says to do, this is referring to the fact that we must do the commandments, so it's not enough to just learn them. Ba'aretz, so in the land, you might think that all of the commandments only apply if one lives in Israel. So the verse says, all of the days that you are living upon the land. So if it's all of the days, you might think that all of the commandments apply both in Israel and outside of Israel. That's why the verse says, in the land. So now, So now that we have uh, that the Torah is coming to include more cases, meaning that it's saying that there are times when it applies, the Torah applies both in Israel and outside of Israel, and we also have times when it applies only in Israel. So when do we apply which? So we can figure it out from that which it says in that idea. You shall surely destroy. All the places where they served idolatry, etc. Just like idolatry is something which is its special character is that it's something that's incumbent upon the individual. And it's something that applies both in Israel and outside of Israel. So to anything that's incumbent upon the individual, it applies whether in Israel or outside of Israel. And thus we can say that the opposite is also true. But something that's 
it's not incumbent upon the individual from his own perspective, but rather because it's something that's incumbent upon the land itself, so that only applies inside of Israel. Ligamar continues, We said in the Mishnah that according to the Tanakhama, so there's an exception to the rule. The exception to the rule that anything that applies to the land is only in Israel is in regards to Arla and Kalayim. Arla is that the first three years the fruits cannot be eaten. So even though that's something that's dependent on the land, it still applies outside of Israel. And Kalayim is that you can't have a fruit tree next to vegetables. So that's something that applies both in Israel and outside of Israel, even though it's something that only that has to do with the ground. Well, I ask you a question. Rebbe Lazar, when Rebbe Lazar says that it's even in regards to Chadash, even in regards to the to the new grains that one can only eat them after the sixteenth day of Nisan. So when he says that, what does he mean? Lakula Palik or Lakhumar Palik? Is he coming to exclude? Is he coming to say a kula, a leniency, or is he coming to say a stringency and say that it even applies to Chadash outside of Israel? So let's see let's see what the different possibilities are. Lakhumar Palig if it's coming to be a stringency, this is how it would go. This is what the Tanakama means. That the exception to the rule is Arla and Kalayim, the Hilchazagamirila. What's the reason why they're in, that they apply also outside of Israel? Because we have Allah Lamashim Sinai, a special law that we learned from Moshe from Sinai. Even though we could say theoretically that they are something that's dependent upon the land and therefore they should apply only in Israel, nevertheless, the Allah Lamashim Sinai teaches us that they only apply, that they apply also to outside of Israel. But according to the Tanakhama, so Chadash will only be in Israel and it won't apply outside of Israel. My time, what's the reason? Because it says, the verse says in regards to Chadash, it says, in all your dwelling places. And what does it mean in all of your dwelling places? It doesn't mean, according to the Tanakhama in this version, that, it, that it's talking about all, wherever you shall live, even outside of Israel, but it means after Yerusha and Yeshiva, after you have acquired the land, have you, you've lived in the land. means you have lived, you have acquired land and now lived in it. For us, comes to say, that Chadesh also applies both in Israel and outside of Israel. My time, what's the reason? Moshav, because Rebbe holds when it says the word Moshav, that, that he understands it to mean, in this version, that... Moshe means wherever you live. It doesn't just mean Israel. It means in Israel and outside of Israel. Or perhaps, no. He's making a leniency and saying that it doesn't apply outside of Israel, according to Rebbe Yezer. And this is what the Tanakhama means. That it doesn't apply, this concept does not apply to Orla and Kalayim. Because we have a Lacham Mishmisina that says, even though normally we say that things that are, have to do with the land only apply in Israel, or land climate apply outside. But Kol Shekein Chadash, and certainly Chadash, why? Dim Moishav, because in this version, so the Tanakhama means, he understands it to mean, that Moshav means, Kalmakam Shadim Yoshim, Mashma. It means anywhere that you live, even outside of Israel. Vasir Rebelezer comes to say, a leniency, Chadash in Nagel Ba'aretz. That Chadish does not, does only apply in Israel. Because when it says the word Moshev, so it doesn't mean anywhere you shall live, but it means when you shall settle into Israel. So what does he mean when he says Af HaChadash? He means Akamaisa. It's going back on the first part of the Mishnah where it said that anything that's incumbent upon the land, so it only applies in Israel. So he's saying also Chadash only applies in Israel. Whereas in this version, the Tanakhama would hold that Chadash applies in Israel and outside of Israel. So, which is the correct understanding? How do we learn the Mishnah? Tashema, we bring a proof. Amar Abaya, Abaya said, Man Tana Who is the Tanakam of our Mishnah that argues on Rabbi Yazir? Rabbi Shmalhi, it's Rabbi Shmalhi, the Tani. We have a Brisa in regards to Nesachim, in regards to the wine libations. 
because it says in regards to the wine libations, in your dwelling places, this teaches you that wherever it says the word Moshev, the Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel holds that the wine libations, in regards to an individual who's bringing his uh, korban, his sacrifice, so it only the wine libations only apply to him after they've completed the Yerusha and Yeshiva, after they've completed taking over Israel and they've settled into Israel. So he learns the word Moshev to mean after after everything is completed and you're living in Israel, so it only applies to Israel. Amar Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says no. We find in regards to Shabbos, it says, and we know that Shabbos applies in Israel and outside of Israel. So how do you explain that if you say that Moshe means only in Israel? So Rabbi Shmuel responded and said, Shabbos, Shabbos we can learn now from a Kalvachomer. If we find in regards, if we find in regards to more lenient commandments that they apply both in Israel and outside of Israel, Shabbos Chamir the culture can certainly Shabbos, which is much more stringent, certainly applies both in Israel and outside of Israel. Now, from the fact that Abai says that who's the one that argues on a realizer? It's Rabbi Shmuel. And what does Rabbi Shmuel say? He says that Moishav, when you have the word Moishav, it means only in Israel. And it means in Israel after you've completely uh, taken over Israel. So that would imply that what would be the halacha legavi chadash, according to the Tanakhama. So it's clear that he would hold, since it says Moishav, it only applies in Israel. Therefore, we can deduce and we can imply that Rabbi Eliezer holds that that Chadash will apply both in Israel and outside of Israel. He's coming to say a stringency to make Chadash apply in more places. The Gemara continues and says like this, Michti, let us evaluate something that we just said. Rabbi Shmuel Ahechakoi. In this price that we just quoted, what was Rabbi Shmuel going on? Anasachim, he's speaking about Nesachim, the wine libations. So now, we said that wherever it says Moshe Vosechem, wherever it says your dwelling places, so it doesn't mean throughout the entire world, but it only means specifically the land of Israel after you conquer it and you dwell in it. So the Gemara challenges that. Nesachim... By Nesachim, what does it say? It doesn't just say Moshe Vosechem. It says, we turn to Lama Zayinam Abayi, page 37b. It says, Bia Umoishav Ksivbahu. It also says, when you shall come into the land and you shall inhabit it. So that's why over there, Rabbi Shmuel should say that it means living in the land, Moshe Vosechem, but everywhere else it shouldn't mean that. The Gemara says, Enachanami, Hachika Amar. This is what it means. Lalami, this is to teach you, Shakalmakam Shanemar Bia Umoishav, wherever it says, you shall come into the land and you shall dwell in it. Ena Ela Laachi Rushav Yeshiva. That it's speaking about after you conquer and dwell in the land. That's what Bishmal says. So Mars challenges that. So Amar Kiva, what did Rabbi Kiva respond? He said like this What about Shabbos? There it says Moshevosechem. And nevertheless it applies outside of Israel as well. And what did he respond? What did Bishmal say back? Amar Shabbos And we said, No, Shabbos is not a problem because it's a Kavachimer. He should say a different answer. You should say, I'm only talking about a case where it says both you shall come into land and you shall dwell it, which it doesn't say that in regards to Shabbos. So that would be that should be a simple answer. So my answer is no. He's saying one thing and another thing, meaning, first of all, so your question is not a good question. I'm only speaking about, when do I say it's only talking about Israel when it says Moshe Vosechem? Only when it also says when you shall come into Israel. That's the first that's the first point. Va'oid. And additionally, the ka'amris. This that you asked on me, Hari Shabbos, Shinar by Moshevois, you assume that I even say my, my, my statement in regards to where it says Moshevosechem alone? So I'll even answer your question based on their question. Shabbos Kavachomerhi. Even without the answer I said before, we would still say that Shabbos is a Kavachomer from, from other mitzvahs which are kal.
Now the Gemara continues to explain this brisa that we quoted earlier, the argument between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva. But my what are they arguing about? So the Gemara says, and before I, I explain the Gemara, read the Gemara, so we we'll give you a little bit of an explanation as a background. There are different types of altars, and there are different types of sacrifices. You have a Bamas Tzibur, which means an altar, which is a public altar. You have a Bamas Yachid, an altar, which is a private altar. And then you have a Korban Tzibur, a, a sacrifice which is for the for a public a public sacrifice, and a Korban Yachid a private sacrifice. So now, with that introduction, let's see, there are different things that we can talk about over here. What are they arguing about? They are arguing about whether libations were necessary already in the wilderness for a carbon yachid, which means a private person bringing his sacrifice, on a bamas tzibur. In the wilderness, you only had a bamas tzibur, a public altar, which was the one that was in the Mishkan. Rabbi Shmuel Shmuel holds, like Kirvun Nesachim Bamidbar, that when an individual would bring his private sacrifice, so he would not do any kind of libations, the Kohen who was bringing it from would not do any libations along with his sacrifice. However, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva holds, Kirvun Nesachim Bamidbar, which means that an individual, when he would bring his private sacrifice, they would indeed bring libations along with it. And Rashi explains this whole idea, and he says that in regards to a public sacrifice, so everyone agrees that a public sacrifice born on a public altar, they're for sure, in the wilderness, they did have libations. So now, according to Rabbi Shmali holds that originally a private person would not have any libations. Thus, when the Torah says there will be libations after you're living in the land for 14 years, it's speaking about a private person bringing it specifically on a public altar. Then you will have libations. That's Rabbi Shmuel Shita. Rabbi Akiva holds no. In the wilderness already, a private person on a public altar would indeed bring libations. Thus, when the Torah says that only after 14 years do you bring libations, what it's speaking about is speaking about a private individual bringing his private sacrifice on a private altar. The Gemara continues. Amar Abayah. Abayah says, This statement that we just made in the name of Rabbi Shmuel saying that when does it mean Moshe Vosechem? When does it mean that it's only for Israel? When you have the words Kisavo, when you shall come into the land, and Moshe Vosechem. So that statement, Mapik Me'idach Tanah Debe that's actually a contradiction of a different version of something that Rabbi Shmuel said, the Be'er Rabbi Shmuel said. To Tanah Debe we learned in the Yeshiva of Rabbi Shmuel, they learned the following b'risa, Ha'il v'nemru once we already find that the Torah says, when you shall come into the land of Israel, Rashi says this is talking about by a king, Upart l'cha kosu and in one of them it says, La'ach Yerushav Yeshiva, that it's only specifically after you dwell in the land, meaning by a king, it says you shall come to the land. But it doesn't mean directly when you come into the land, but only after you've completely conquered the land. So we see that when it says you shall come in the man- into the land, it doesn't mean right away. So to Afkol Achirushav Yeshiva. So therefore, anytime it says Bia, coming into the land of Israel, it also means only after some time, after you've completely conquered the land of Israel, only then does that halacha apply. So now the Gemara says, V'idach, the first version of Rabbi Shmuel that we quoted on the top of the page, why does he not hold this way, the second version? You have two different verses where we see that the Torah writes, when you shall come into the land of Israel, and you have to dwell in the land of Israel. So since we have two verses, you can't learn out to wherever it says, coming in, that even though it doesn't say, when you shall dwell, it also means after 14 years. You can't learn out from there. 
So what about the second version of Rabbi Shmuel? Why does he say it's okay? We need both verses. You can't say you can't say if you need both of the verses. The ikos of Rachman because if the verse had just written king v'leikos of bikurim and it hadn't written bikurim hava amino bikurim, you might think that it's only by a king that we say that you have to wait those fourteen years. But if it hadn't written that you have to wait those fourteen years for bikurim as well, you might have said that bikurim the kamisani la'alter you enjoy them right away. So therefore, you should have a chiyuv. You should have an obligation to bring your first fruits to 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 the to the altar right away. V'ikos of bikurim and if it had written bikurim v'leikos of melech and it hadn't written king hava amino I wouldn't have known king. You might think that since a king's way is to conquer the altar. So what are we doing when we come into Israel? We're conquering. So we need this king to guide us, to lead us. So maybe we should appoint this king right away. So that's why we wouldn't have known that a king also you have to wait. You would have thought that he's right away if you had just written Bikurim. So that's why you have to write both. Why does the other one hold that despite the fact that you need them, you still don't learn out? He holds that if you had written king, you wouldn't have needed to write Bikurim. And I would have said like this, if we find by a king whose normal way is to 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 conquer and theoretically we should need right away nevertheless we say that you you wait 14 years wait until after we've completely uh, conquered the land so certainly why should they be any different because despite the fact true you, you do enjoy them right away but but just like by a king which is something that you should need right away we still make you wait so maybe as well what does the other one hold of hachi if it would have just written that, Hava Amino, Midi the Hava Achala, you would have said no. If it had just written by king, you might have thought that we don't learn how to be Kurim. You know why? Because maybe Bikurim is like Chala. Chala is something that we have a chiv as soon as we come into Israel to take off Chala. So since Chala is something that's taken off right away, so maybe Bikurim also is something which has to do with food, and you also have to take it off right away, you're enjoying it right away. Kamash Malan, that's why we need Takanid both, and therefore, according to the second Brisa, it's not Shnik Sumabam it's not two different verses, and therefore, just like we see over here where it says Bia coming into the land, and it means after a certain amount of time. So anywhere where it says coming to land, according to the second version of Rabbi Shmuel, it also means that the obligation only comes after the time it takes to conquer Israel. So now the Gemara continues and says, Now that we've said, If it's something that's incumbent upon the person and not on the land, so this is something that you're going to do whether you're in Israel, whether you're outside of Israel, Moshe, the Kazar Rahman, Gabishab, Islamali, why did the Torah have to write in regards to Shabbos that you have to do it wherever, in all of your dwellings? Obviously, it's something that's incumbent upon the individual, so of course you have to do it wherever you are. So why do I have to write that? It's strict. We need it. Because we would have thought to say that you only do it in Israel, Shabbos. Why? Since Shabbos is written in with the other festivals, so it should require that it be sanctified by a bezin, by a court, just like all of the other festivals. And sanctification can only take place inside of Israel. So maybe Shabbos can only be done in Israel. That's what it comes to teach us. That's what it says Moshe Vasechem to teach you that no matter where you are. Why does the Torah to say in regards to the forbidden fats and blood? Why does it have to say that it applies even outside of Israel? Of course it does. It's something that's incumbent upon the person. It's just we need it because we would have thought to say since the forbidden nature of these things is written also right next to the concept of carbonus of the sacrifices. Maybe it's only at the time when there's a carbon. That's when it's forbidden. These fats and this blood. But maybe when there's no carbonus, when there's no sacrifices, perhaps not. That's why it's to say no matter where you are and whenever you are. 
Most of the Kosar Rahman Gabi Matzah Umar Lamali. Why does the Torah have to say in regards to Matzah that wherever you are, again, this is something that's incumbent upon the person himself? Ishrich, we need it. Because we would have thought to say, that you have to eat the Matzah and the Mar along with the Korban Pesach, along with the sacrifice of the Passover. Maybe it's only when you had that sacrifice. But when there's no, when you don't have the sacrifice, maybe not. That's why it comes to tell you, no matter where you are, no matter when you are, even if you have no sacrifice, you still eat matzah and more. Now, like Mar says, be the Sorry, this that it says that when you come into the land in regards to the tefillin and in regards to redeeming the firstborn mule, why do we need it for? It's not true. It's, it applies elsewhere as well. It applies even if you're not in Israel. Mar answers, We need it for the following that we learned in the, in the yeshiva of Rabbi Shema, the following brisa. Do this If you do this mitzvah, then you're going to have the merit to be able to come into the land. That's what it teaches you. It's good according to the one who says that when it says Moshe, it means anywhere where you live. Then we understand why the verse says that when did the Jews, when they first came into the land of Israel, when did they first eat? Only after Pesach. Only after Pesach did they eat, not before. Why? On the top, on the top of 38a, the reason was because they brought the carbon HaOmer, and then they were able to eat. So we understand that according to this man Amr, according to the one who says the Korban HaOmer is only brought after Yerusha and Yeshiva, after they've completely conquered the land, Nechol Alter, why didn't they eat right away? The Gemara answers, they didn't need to. The verse says, the people of Israel, they ate the month for 40 years until they came to inhabited land. The month they ate until they came to the edge of the land of Israel. It can't mean until they came to an inhabited place, because it says until they came to the edge of Israel. It's a contradiction. Which one is it? Okay, so how does it work? So on the seventh day of other, Moshe Rabbeinu died, Moses died, the month stopped coming down, and that month they still had left over from the seventh of other, lasted them all the way until they came into the land and they passed over the Yardin until the 16th. But that's why they didn't have to eat anything until then. It's not because they were waiting for the Kormon HaOmer, but rather it's because that's when the month ran out.